Praise the Lord. Let's read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I, I want to read verses 1 through 3, in fact. Hebrews 11, verse 1 through 3. We're going to read the first New King James Version, then we'll switch to the Amplified Version. Hebrews 11, verse 1 through 3. It says, verse 1, read it with me. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Were not made of things which are visible. Now let's switch to the Amplified Bible, please, verses 1 through 3. And let's read that together. You got it? Okay, let's read. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed, of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. For by faith, trust, and holy fervor born of faith, the men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. For by faith we understand that the worlds during these successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Again, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible, which would tell us the things that we see were made of things which are invisible. Go back to verse 1, Amplify it, please. Verse 1. So now faith is assurance of the, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. The conviction of their reality. Things we do not see. The conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. We're talking to, again tonight on the subject understanding spiritual realities. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Understanding spiritual realities. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Praise the Lord. Understanding spiritual realities. This is a faith meeting, is that right? So I assume you came here to have your faith increase. All right. So understanding spiritual realities. Now, some of you may say, well, there we go in Hebrews 11, verse 1 again, Hebrews 11. Well, sure, it's hard to teach faith without going to Hebrews chapter 11. Especially when it starts out with something like, now faith is. <laughs> and so, of course, we start in Hebrews 11, chapter 1, chapter 11, verse 1. And so we're talking about, as you know, the Lord has said this is the year of abundant manifestation. The year of abundant manifestation. And God is already moving. <laughs> Come on now, it's February 6th. God is already moving. You better catch up. If you've not seen him moving, then you better catch up. If you're not expecting him to move, then you're in the right place because we're going to build your expectors this week. Pastor Kim and I have the assignment of building up our expectors this week. You've got to have expectation for there to be manifestation. Amen? And so God has spoken some things to us, and so he's moving in a phenomenal way. We've already have testimonies of the great things God is doing. And he's bringing about 
uh, some undeniable manifestation. In this time, this season, that's what we were looking at with Obed-Edom. Remember that a couple Sundays ago? Y'all remember that, Obed-Edom? Undeniable manifestation. Glory to God. This undeniable manifestation is going to bring some revelation to the lives of God's people. And so God wants to do things that are so big, so uh, out there, that they are undeniable. That they, they are, here's another word, inexplicable. Gain, I heard Dr. Leroy Thompson say, call it gain you can't explain. How many of y'all like some gain you can't explain? I can't explain how it happened. I just know I just, it was in my mailbox. I can't explain how it happened. Oscar, it was just in my check. I don't know how it happened. It's, glory to God. I just came home and it was in the driveway. Came to church and I wasn't expecting anything big, but something, some God put, some, put something in my hand in church. Am I right, Tamara? Won't God do it in church? And so he wants to bring and do some undeniable things. Look, turn over to the book of Acts, please. Acts and chapter 4, please. Acts chapter 4. Glory to God. Everybody say undeniable. undeniable. Acts 4 and verse 16. You remember the story about in Acts 3 how Peter and John were on their way to the temple to pray at the hour of prayer? Y'all remember that story? It's Acts 3. Read it at home. They, they went to the, to the temple to, at, to pray the hour of prayer. There was a man who had been laid there all his life, okay, and he couldn't walk. He, he's lame, and he cried out, hey, do you, guys, can you give me something? Peter, Peter said, silver and gold uh, we don't have, but such as I have, give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Y'all remember that? And so this man who they had known, everybody had known him, always when they were coming to the church, they always saw this same guy out there in front of the church begging for money. He couldn't walk. Everybody in town knew who he was. Everybody who came to church knew who this guy was. But all of a sudden, one day it happened that now he can walk. He's experienced an undeniable miracle. And anytime an undeniable miracle, a notable miracle takes place, the word is going to spread very quickly. Now, I've been telling you that God wants to bring manifestation so the world gets a revelation. And so God wants to bring all kind of manifestations in our lives. And let's look at this in Acts 4, please. Acts 4 and verse 13. It says, now when they saw, this is, these are all the, the, the uh, religious leaders. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, implied unqualified, least likely to succeed, least likely for God to use, they marveled and they realized that they had had a visitation. Y'all didn't catch that. They had been visiting with Jesus. And anytime you've been with Jesus, something supernatural is, is bound to happen in your life. Uh, you spend time with him, you're, God's going to change your life. Not only are you going to be visited, but you're going to become a visitation. That's what happened. This man at that gate, he had, never had, he had never had a visit by Jesus. But Peter and John had been visited by Jesus for three and a half years. And so then they became a visitation so that when they went to the temple, they brought, a, they brought what they received from Jesus. That's what they said. We, silver and gold we don't have, but such as we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Y'all with me? 
And so then it says, verse 14, watch this. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they commanded them to go outside, Peter and John to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, saying, what shall we do to these men? That, that's, 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 that's what happens when you begin to see manifestation that's undeniable, that's notable. God wants to bless you so much, people will be left saying, what shall we do to them? What are we going to do with them? We can't stop them. We've been trying to control them, but we can't control them. We've been trying to squeeze them into one little box, but we can't squeeze them into a box anymore. They've grown too big for us. They've gotten too great for us. They've gotten too large for us. They've grown too mighty. They've grown too strong for us. What are we going to do with them? That's what he said. They said, what, 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 what are we going to do? He said, for indeed, that a notable miracle, a notable miracle. <laughs> this word notable means remarkable. A remarkable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. <laughs> when you see something that's notable, that's remarkable, it becomes so evident that you cannot deny it. Now, if God can work a healing miracle, he can work a financial miracle. He can work a deliverance miracle. He can work any miracle in your life. But he wants to work miracles that are so great, that are so notable, that they become evident to everybody and people say we cannot deny it. They'll know this wasn't the government helping you. They'll know that this couldn't have been just some little up, you know, uh, raising your job. This wasn't, this wasn't that. This wasn't, this wasn't marriage counseling fixed that. Marriage counseling couldn't have fixed that. They, they'll know. They'll know this wasn't no 12-step program. 12 steps couldn't have fixed that. This is, this is something that is notable. God God move, God work a miracle in those people's lives. Notice what it said. We cannot deny it. And so God wants to bless you to the point that people are left saying, what shall we do to them? They, so people don't know what to do with you. You ever, you ever seen people, you, you heard, you've used that phrase, before, I don't even know what to do with them. I don't know what to do. That's, that's what God wants to, for the world to be saying. We don't even know what to do with them. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. See, see, as long as the world keeps us, I'm going just, to just hit this, this main area, this is my lane. As long as the world keeps the church bound financially, then they control us. See, as long as we act like we need them, then they dictate what you can really preach in the open. What you can really say in the open. As long as you act like you need them on that job. Y'all didn't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you don't know, Pastor, I need my job. God's trying to get you to the point where you don't need the job. I only got about 16 amens on that one. He's trying to get you to the point where you don't need the job. You go there for assignment. Not for provision. Because when you go there for a sign and not provision, then you can speak up and say whatever you need to say and say, well, look, what, you going to let me go? 
what you you what you gonna you gonna let me go? You know this company wouldn't be where it is without me. You know the moment I walk out, the blessing walks out. It happened to Isaac. When, when they kicked Isaac out of Gerard, they had to go back and get him and say, hey, come back. Come back. Wait, wait, wait. When you left, our whole economy changed. When Jacob, it happened in Jacob's life, when Jacob was getting ready to leave, Laban said, oh, you can't leave. I've learned by experience that I'm blessed because you're here. See, but Jacob was ready to leave because he, got, he had his money then. He already, he, he, was, he, was, starting to, he, was, start, he was starting to increase. In. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? See, as long, oh boy. As long as the church acts like we need the government's uh, uh, tax exemption, as long as the church keeps a non-profit mentality, y'all ain't handling it. Then they, then they, 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 they hold it over our heads that you can't say anything about homosexuality. You can't preach that it's a sin. You can't preach folk will bust hell out of them for that. You can't preach that if they, if they know they can hold it over your head. You see, I ain't worried about that, right? Because it is a sin. And it will send you to hell. Because they can't hold anything over me. Debt free church. And to take away our tax exemption, all God's going to do is increase us more and more. What? See, but when you're scared and you're dependent, then you can't say anything. That's why God needs to bless us so much to the world saying, what are we going to do with them? We can't, we can't shut them up. They're, they're preaching the truth and people getting saved. We can't shut them up. They're taking over the city. But tell you, but God's got to bless us. And he wants to. Glory to God. So this manifestation, everybody say manifestation. Manifestation is going to be in this from now on. You know, we're in a 90 day time frame. We're also in a year of abundant manifestation, but it's not going to stop. This is just a concentrated time to get us going. You got it? This manifestation, it will be undeniable, but it will not be unexpected. You got to hear me on this here. It will be, and it is undeniable. Things that have happened already is undeniable. But it cannot be unexpected. In other words, when God does something in your life, you ought to be rejoicing, but you ought not be surprised. We're in a faith meeting, right? So we've got to expect God to do great things. Undeniable. But not unexpected. That's worth writing down. Undeniable, but not unexpected. Because if it's unexpected, then 
you can't duplicate it. Okay. There shouldn't be anybody. I know I've heard crazy stories, but there shouldn't be any woman who who has an unexpected baby. It's kind of hard. I mean, I've heard people with these stories, but I just, I, it just, it just, something just baffles me about that. That's, you mean you didn't, you didn't have any expectation? You didn't have any inkling? In fact, the greater your expectation, the more people, the more is evident. Am I right about it? The closer you get, I'm talking about a woman having a child, the closer she gets to her time of manifestation, the more evident it is that she's pregnant. In fact, at the very beginning, you can't even tell. But the closer you get, the more you can tell. So our manifestation from now on, it's going to become, it's going to hit an undeniable level but it'll never be unexpected. You gotta, you gotta catch this, ladies and gentlemen. Because God needs us to, to, to get our faith in gear and begin to expect things. In, in Ephesians 3 and verse uh, 20, I want you to get on the screen, please. Ephesians 3, verse 20, y'all know it. Y'all know it. Everybody sings it, everybody preaches it, everybody talks about it. Now unto him who is able to do, come on, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now he's able to do what? Exceedingly, come on, abundantly above. All right, good, you you got it, you got it. Exceedingly abundantly above. Exceedingly abundantly above. But notice it says, all that we ask or think. So apparently there's got to be some asking and some thinking going on. So it's going to be, when he does it, it's going to be undeniable because it's going to be exceedingly abundantly above. But it's not going to be unexpected because I asked and I thought it. Boy, y'all are slow tonight. It's going to be undeniable because it's going to be exceedingly abundantly above. But it better not be unexpected. Because I've asked, been asking it and I've been thinking it. <laughs> See, and you got to get your faith motor running so you start asking and thinking. Oh my God. Because nothing happens until you start asking and thinking. 
And the reason many, many, many times or many cases nothing is happening is because we're not asking or thinking. And the reason only small things may happen is because we're asking and thinking way too small. Now, it, now listen, 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 listen. Y'all, y'all, y'all Bible scholars saying, but Pastor just says he's able. The, the Holy Ghost wouldn't even dare put in there he's able unless that was his plan. Don't, don't trip with the Holy Ghost. Well, it just say he's able. That don't mean he's going to do it. Stop. Shut up. If he says he's able, guess what he's going to do? I mean, you're, if you're a parent and your child asks for something and you're able to do more than they ask, what you going to do? You're going to do more than what they ask. Maybe, maybe not, maybe not. Some of y'all parents better shape up. If I'm able, I'm going to go above what you ask or think. Why? Because I'm, I'm a good parent. Jesus said, of you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give good things To those who ask him. To those who ask him. How much more will he? Not just he's able, how much more will he? How much more will he? Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, he will. So I've got to be asking and thinking on a different level. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So God is able and he's doing exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. This because we're asking and thinking. Okay? Now, the bigger we ask and the bigger we think, the bigger God is manifesting. Mm. Mm. The bigger we ask and the bigger we think, the bigger he's manifesting. Or the bigger he'll manifest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The bigger we ask. Now, we just read, he, he will. Luke eleven thirteen. 13, he will. How much more will he? We see in Ephesians 3, 20, he's able. So we know he's willing and able. So the bigger we ask, the bigger we think, the bigger he'll manifest. Y'all got it? Give me Ephesians 3.20 and Amplified, please. Ephesians 3.20 Amplified. Glory to God. Hope I'm in the right house tonight. I'm not feeling y'all with me yet. Now to him who... By in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose. Oh, 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 okay. His purpose and do. So there's a purpose behind his doing. So carry out his purpose and do super abundantly 
Come on, read it with me. Far, Far uh, over and all that we dare ask or think infinitely. Infinitely beyond our highest? What's your highest prayer? What's, what's your highest desire? Are we in a faith meeting? What's your highest thought? What's your highest hope? What's your highest dream? Because it's telling me that he... God, help us. We know he can do exceedingly abundantly above all. But notice it says, carry out his purpose. Okay, let me help you. Uh, hold that scripture and go to Psalm 37, verse 4. Psalm 37, verse 4. Y'all know that one already? Delight yourself also in the Lord. Come on. And he will give you. Okay. Now, in one context, we read that as, it, as to mean that if I have desires in my heart, if I delight myself in him, he'll give me those desires. But in its truest sense, everybody say truest sense. In its truest sense, what it means is when I delight myself in him, he gives me the desires. In other words, he puts the desires in me. Oh, y'all not catching. Because I spend time with him, he stirs up desires. Because I let him visit my house, because I let him visit me, because I spend time with him every day, he stirs up desires in me. And those desires that are in me, they, they, they may seem wild and crazy, but they, but they are put there, they are placed there, they're deposits of the Holy Ghost. Did you hear what I said? They are deposits of the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, your greatest desires are only glimpses into your future. Your, your greatest desires are only a, it's only a foretaste of glory divine. Oh, y'all didn't catch what I'm saying. It's a foretaste of glory divine because your highest desire and hope that you have on this planet will, will, will pale in comparison to everything God actually has planned for you. Your Bible says that eyes haven't seen, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man of things that, that God has prepared for those who love him. It hasn't entered into our heart yet. So when he gives you the desires of your heart, he hasn't even put in there yet what he has planned. Oh, Jesus, I'm sit down. Did y'all catch what the Holy Ghost just said to us? He said, I haven't put it into your heart yet. The things I have prepared for you. So the things I do put in your heart. Oh, 
Jesus. See, here, here you are, when the devil comes along, he's going to tell you that that desire, that's not of God. That's just you being materialistic. You just think about stuff. You, you, getting your, you all getting, you getting distracted by stuff. You ain't getting distracted by stuff. You're getting attracted by stuff. I'll come over here. You're getting attracted by stuff. Because the stuff is just a tip of the iceberg. The stuff is just a glimpse. It's just, it's just, it's just to whet your appetite. Because the, the things he really has prepared for you. You can't fathom what he really has prepared for you. So Psalm 37 verse 4 says that when we delight ourselves in him, we spend time hanging out with him, we let him visit us, he visit, we visit with him, we interact, we fellowship together, we have the sweet communion, the sweet participation, the sweet partnership of the Holy Ghost, and as we partner with the Holy Ghost and he partners with us, then he begins to put some desires in us. Hallelujah. He begins to build our, our taste and whet our appetite for some, to, for some things and to do some things and to have some things and to minister in some things and to go some places and, and, and so on and so forth. He starts to stirring us up. And then he comes to us and says, back in, 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 in Ephesians 3.20, and Amplified though, <laughs> but he's going to carry out his purpose. Oh, y'all. So those, those desires, those dreams, those prayers, those hopes, those thoughts are part of him trying to carry out his purpose in the earth through your life. Can anybody grab a hold of what he's saying to us? What's his purpose, Pastor? His, I'm going to just summarize purpose. His purpose. God wants, he wants to show the world who's the real deal. <laughs> oh, boy. God wants to show the world who's the real deal. Glory to God, glory to God. Remember Elijah? Mount Carmel? I think it's 1 Kings 18, somewhere around there. Where they're going to have a showdown? How long? Halt ye between two opinions. If God be God, serve him. But if Baal, then serve him. But we're not going to keep sitting up here on the fence and wishy-washy about this thing. We're going to find out who's the real deal. Matter of fact, the God who answers by fire. The God who brings some manifestation, some sign, some wonder, some miracle. Let him be God. And so, Elijah, let those boys cry out all day long. 
call out to your God, call Bell, call Bell, call Bell. They called him and he wouldn't answer. He said, well, maybe leave a message, see if he calls you back. He, he, he text him, text him, Facebook him, email him, uh, hit him up on Instagram, hit him on Snap, whatever you can, try to, try to get through. Send a, send a peacock, send a bird, send something to try to get, maybe he's going on a vacation, maybe he's sleeping. Call him a little louder, do whatever you gotta do. Finally, he said, y'all boys done? Get out of the way. Rebuild the altar. We're going to sacrifice. Bring me 12 barrels of water. Fill them up with water. Let's pour it and douse this. Wet, wet the altar down. Wet down the sacrifice. Wet down the rocks. Wet down everything. Soak everything. I want you to have an undeniable proof that my God is the real deal. Your God is alive, but my God is the real deal. And all Elijah do is call down and say, God, just here I am. Do your thing. And God answered by fire. And the Bible says the fire came down and licked up the sacrifice. Licked up all the water. Licked up all the rocks. What kind of fire licks up rocks? God has a show that he's the real deal. And in 2019, see, because God is up against a lot of man-made foolishness. He's up against demon spirits parading as gods. People doing all sorts of stuff we got people in the church, Pastor Kim. They're praying and believing in rocks to heal them. And in the church. Wearing bees like bees going to heal them in the church. God's own people aren't even sure he's the real deal. Lighting all sorts of candles. Candle for prosperity, candle for healing, candle for a good marriage, candle for this. Got all kind of idolatry in the church because they've not experienced the real deal, holy field, God of the universe. God says, I want to show myself strong. I want to show myself off. I want to show myself mighty. I want to show myself power, powerful. I want to show people that I'm the real deal. Even in 2019, God is not dead. He's yet alive. And I know in the church we've been saying I can feel them in my hands and feel them in my feet. I feel them all over me, but the world can't feel them in their hands and feel them in their feet and feel them all. No, they got to see something to know that our God is the real God. Our God is the real God. He's the only living God. Beside him there is no other God. And secondly, talking about his purpose here, go back to his purpose in, in, in Ephesians 3.20, Amplified, to do his purpose. His purpose, and not only to make sure that the world knows he's the real deal, but he wants to know, wants the world to know who, that you're the real deal. Y'all that's sitting on that, I can go home. 
He wants to make sure the world knows that you're the real deal. Because a lot of folk walking around today with a Christian t-shirt. Christian bumper stickers. Crosses tattooed all over their arm. And because of those things, there's a lot of confusion. Because the world is watching people with these with the Christianese and Christian uh, lingo and the Christian jargon and the Christian, you know, wardrobe. But showing no signs. No evidence that they belong to Jesus. But you had two men, Peter and John, unlearned, untrained, ignorant men. Who the people said they've been with Jesus. They ain't been to our school, but they've been with Jesus Christ. They ain't been to our, to our seminary, but they, they've been with Jesus. They ain't been to nowhere. They know they've been with Jesus. And see, when God manifests reality in your life, people are going to know that you're the real deal. Matter of fact, your Bible says in the book of Malachi, God says, I'm going I'm to make a difference. So that people know. The difference between those who serve God and those who do not serve him. In this real deal time, God's looking for somebody he can show up and show out in their lives and the world going to know, oh, you, you actually a real Christian. And they'll know that we are Christians by our love, by our love. And they'll know that we are Christians by our love. Amen. Amen. There are some folk in the world who know how to show love. They'll love circles around us. Or they moved by our love. They're moved by what they can S-E-E. Undeniable. Undeniable. But not unexpected. I need y'all to catch that. Undeniable but not unexpected. Testimonies happening in your life. They're going to be undeniable. I, I, I've had to catch myself at times because God has done so many astonishing things in, in my life, my wife's life, our family. And there are times that I've let it slip and I've said, wow, God, I never would have thought I'd be living like this. And he said, yes, you did. <laughs> if you didn't think it, I couldn't do it. You might have suppressed the thought, but you thought it. Oh, boy, come over here. You might have suppressed that thought, but you thought it. 
And what happens, these thoughts come to us, these dreams, desires, hopes. They come to us, but they many times are so big. We let life suppress them. Because it's so big, it's so extraordinary. So out of the box. God, who me? No. Not in a million years. No. What are we doing? Suppressing that thought. But the thought is still there. The thought is still there. And at some point, you even spoke it. It might have been when you was five. Y'all missed that. It might have been when you were five. One day, I'm going to have a big old house. Come on now, you five. One day, I'm going to have a big old, I'm going to have a fast car. Come on, I'm going to have a fast car when you was five. And, and that thought, that word, it was kept there. Oh, God. And you may have forgotten, but God didn't forget that thought. You know why? Because he put it there when you were five. Y'all, y'all not, not catching this. Y'all not catching this. He put it there when you were five. Dreams you had when you were a child, God put them there. That's why I wish these young folks would really grab hold of what I'm talking about. Because see, in their mind, they think, I'm, I got to wait till I'm 40, 45, 55, 65 years old. Come around, get, you know, I get saved, then I do it right then, then the Lord. No, the Lord, what? I wish that at 12, at 14, at 17, I was hearing and learning what I'm hearing and learning now. Soul up, boy. So undeniable. Not unexpected. So again, what's God's purpose? He's going to show the world who the real deal is, who's the real God, and who's the real people. Who's the real God and who's the real people. That's why the Bible says, don't be uh, fretful against the workers of iniquity, the evildoers, and so forth. They shall soon be cut down like the grass. They're going to wither away like the green herb. So don't be fretful because God, in this time, from here on out, he's going to start separating. They've been saying it, but they've been living it. They've been saying it, but they've actually been doing it. All right, now, everybody say manifestation. All right, now, again, I'm talking about understanding spiritual realities. I'm not going to finish this tonight, probably, but y'all just let me go as far as we can. Okay? Manifestation is not magic. It doesn't happen by chance. That's why I said that it's not unexpected. People sometimes hear, about, hear the faith message. They sometimes make the mistaken thinking that we're, we're acting like it's magic. We're working some kind of magic, but it's not magic. 
and it's not chance. You understand this? You, you didn't get saved by accident. How many of y'all in here saved? You're born again, know you are for sure. Did it happen by accident? No, you had to actually do something. You had to actually work your faith to get born again. You, you walk this line of Romans 10. You start somewhere around verse 6. Faith speaks this way. And you got to a place where you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised from the dead and you became saved. That's what happened. Right? Verse 9, verse 10. With the heart man believes in the righteousness, with the mouth confession made unto salvation. That's how you got saved. It wasn't magic. And it wasn't by chance. And it was no accident. Now, if that's what happened for you to get saved, you won't get healed by accident. Oh, y'all. You, you, won't, you won't get rich by chance. There is, there's no lottery in heaven. <laughs> People like to play lottery down here on earth. They go down to the corner store, 7-Eleven, spend $20 on a ticket. I watched, one sat there one night and watched these guys. I'm like, well, y'all, and they bought a few of them, $20. That didn't work. Another $20. What? What, what are y'all doing? Why? They're working on chance. And too many people in the body of Christ have acted like there's a lottery in heaven. What do you mean? Well, everybody knows you get saved by confessing and believing and so forth. But then when it comes to getting healed, well, maybe it might be my day. Maybe it might be me. That like God has a lottery in heaven. The Lord want me to be healed, he'll heal me. He don't mean for everybody to be rich. What was oh so you certain people get have the privilege of being picked? That's not how it works. Tell you, but that's not how it works. God is no respecter of persons. No respect to persons. What he'll do for one, he'll do for anybody. If, if they work their faith. Glory to God. Glory to God. No chance. No luck. It works the same for everybody. Y'all got it? Now, I want you to write this down. Manifestation is a predictable and reproducible result of faith. Manifestation is a predictable and reproducible result of faith. If you can't remember, it's on the screen. Manifestation is a predictable and reproducible result of faith. Lord's will, I'm going to take these notes. I'm going to post them on the group me. Everybody say predictable. predictable. So you know what's going to happen if you work your faith right. Predictable. Faith is not unpredictable. 
You can predict what what's going to happen if you work your faith. That's why the devil comes against folk who work their faith. Because he knows what's going to happen. He knows it's predictable. He knows if you work your faith right, you're going to get exactly the results that you're trying to get. That's why the moment you start working your faith, he comes against you the hardest. He's got too much experience with other, with other faith people. The devil, he, the devil knows Hebrews 11. He was there for all those accounts. He was there for all of them. He was there for all of it. And he knows what happens when a person locks in with bulldog faith that they're going to get a predictable, a predictable result. That's why he's going he's to come at you the hardest. Has anybody ever experienced that in your life? Because manifestation is a predictable result and a reproducible result. Reproducible means you can do it over and over again. It's not accidental. And too many people in the body of Christ are, are, are okay thinking about accidental blessing. Like, well, just, you know, oh, man, something happened today. Wow, that's great. Well, okay. This is the reason why people come and they, we might have a healing line or a healing service. The power of God fills this place like it's done here. And, and, and people get healed in a service. But then go home, and a couple days or a couple weeks later, they're right back with the same symptom, the same sickness, and don't know what to do. But what happened? Well, because in that service, the glory of God produced results. That, that if a person doesn't know how to walk in and stay in faith, they can't replicate. They can't reproduce it. The just shall live by faith. Not by happenstance, not by chance, not by luck, not by miracles. The just shall live by faith. You got to have faith to live every day. So that we can get predictable results and reproducible results. Which also means that if I walk uh, by faith, you can follow my faith. Absolutely. You know what Hebrews, I think it's 13, talks about that? Uh, uh, imitate those who by faith. No, 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 that's not the one. The one about uh, uh, whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. Whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you? That's what I'm doing. Whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. In other words, considering how it turns out for them. So how you see it turn out for me? I better stay on this side because they said, y'all said something. How you see it turn out for me? It'll turn out for you too. I don't have I don't have special faith. I have the same faith as Jesus. Did you hear what I said? I don't have special faith. I have the same faith as Jesus. Some of y'all still trying to figure that out. I don't have special faith. I have the same faith as Jesus. You have the same faith as Jesus. There's only one faith, and faith will work for you just like it works for me. So if you see the outcome of my conduct, you see, well, God got, got Pastor John, Pastor Kim out of debt. 
I'll come back on this side over here. God got Pastor John and Pastor Kim out of debt. They did it by faith. I can do it by faith. God has healed their bodies time and time and time and time and time and time and time again by faith. They don't have any doctor bill to even account for. People ask all the time, who's your primary doctor? Jesus. Dr. Jesus said he'll make everything all right. Well, if he do it for us, he'll do it for you. Who's faith follow? Who's faith follow? See, faith can be followed. Because it's going to have predictable and reproducible results. Now, notice it didn't say whose actions follow. It says whose faith follow. I think one of the, one of the translations, King uh, Amplified, one of those will use the word convictions. So you talk about follow our convictions. You want the same results? Follow our convictions. <laughs> it's our convictions. So we have convictions. We tell you about our convictions. Now, we tell you about our actions. You may not have to follow those actions because God may give you your own actions based on the same conviction. Y'all don't understand that, right? I can't walk around the wall uh, seven days, 13 times like, like Joshua did just because Joshua did that. That was God's instruction to Joshua. I can't go and send, you know, we're going we to face an army, so I'm going to send a praise team out in front of, in front of the army like, like Joshua did just because Joshua did that. That may not work for us. I'm going to follow jo Joshua's faith, but God will give me my own actions. Are y'all following me? Faith is predictable and reproducible. Manifestation is a, re, a uh, predictable and reproducible result of faith. Y'all grabbing hold of this tonight. Manifestation. We believe in God for abundant manifestation. Abundant manifestation. Well, manifestation is a predictable and reproducible result of faith. Reproducible. That's one of the ways you get over into abundance. You just keep doing it over and over and over again. You keep going through that circle of faith over and over and over again. And the more you go through it, the more you produce. The more that manifests in your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Romans 3.27, Paul introduces something called the law of faith. Remember what I said? Manifestation is a predictable and reproducible result of faith. Paul introduces something in Romans 3.27 called the law of faith. Everybody say the law of faith. Law means it's something set. In fact, I'm going to give you a, a dictionary definition of this, of law. One place the dictionary defines law as a statement of fact deduced from observation, 
In other words, something you've observed and seen, how it operates, to the effect that a particular natural or scientific phenomenon always occurs if certain conditions are present. That's what, that's what, how we know it's, it's a law because a certain phenomenon, a, some kind of result always occurs if certain conditions are present or certain conditions are met. By observation, we've observed and seen, you've probably seen this demonstration done a million times, that uh, the explaining the law of gravity. That we, we if, I, if I said to you, if I said to, the, to a, a, at least a high schooler, that if I drop my Bible right now, what direction is it going to go in? You're going to say down. Why? Law of gravity. There, you've observed enough times in your life you've dropped something and it went down. Right? You've dropped a glass, you've dropped keys, you've dropped a book, you've dropped whatever you've dropped, it went down. You've observed that. And you know that all I have to do is simply release this Bible and it's going down. It's called the law of gravity. Law means or implies it's going to work for anybody and everybody. What if I, what if I had a, a, this paper? Now, this paper and this Bible, two different depths, sizes, weights, mass is different. If I drop the Bible, what's going to go? What's going to happen? It's going to go down. If I drop this paper, what's it going to do? It's going to go down. In other words, law, the law of gravity is the same. Whether it's this Bible or whether it's one sheet of paper. It's a law. I know this stuff, Pastor. Can you move on? No. Not till you start working it. Not until you become convinced and understand spiritual realities. That's what the Lord told me last week. He said, my people don't understand spiritual realities. And because of that, they're suffering instead of winning. Sir, 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 sir. So if I drop this Bible and I drop this paper, which one goes down fastest? Wrong. They're going at the same speed. I looked it up. Because that's what I thought the same thing you thought. I looked it up. The force is different, but not the speed. The mass affects the force, but not the speed. Y'all got to catch that. The mass affects the force, but not the speed. So I could give you an example and say if I were to take myself and I were to take Josiah, Josiah's two, three, he's small, and we both jumped off the building, we're both going down. You're going to think, well, pastor's going to go down faster. No, I'm going down with more force. We're going down at the same speed. I'm going to smack a little harder because I have more mass, and the larger the mass, uh, 
the way, because gravity works between two bodies. Let me try not to get too deep. Gravity is affected by both bodies. So because the earth has a lot of mass, then the larger the mass of the thing I drop, they're attracted to each other. They're attracted to each other. They're attracted to each other. Whereas on the moon, because the moon has a lot less mass than the earth, there's less to no gravity on the moon. So I could drop the same Bible and it wouldn't, wouldn't fall. Same mass, but the absence of the gravity because there is less mass on the moon. So if Josiah and I both jump off the, off the building, we're going to both come down, which means the law of gravity has the same effect on him as it does me. Gravity is no respect of persons. God is no respect of persons. Faith is no respecter of persons. That means it doesn't, doesn't matter how long you've been learning the word, how long you've been saved. Your faith worked before you got saved. Is that what your Bible says? We are saved by grace through faith. So God gave you the faith to get saved. So you worked it to get saved. You jumped. You jumped. So now to, and you know it worked because you're saved. It was predictable. I could stand 10 sinners up in front of me and say, we're all going to pray this prayer. All 10 of y'all. One of them is an axe murderer. One of them is a, is a mass rapist. One of them just did a little cocaine. One of them just, you know, stole cookies out the cookie jar. But when we pray this prayer, they're going to all get the exact same result across the board because it's no respect of persons. Doesn't matter how far or how bad. That's why even with healing, it doesn't matter if it's a toothache or stage four cancer. You work your faith. Oh, boy. You're going to get the same result. Doesn't matter if you got $5,000 in debt or if you got $50,000 in debt. If you work your faith, It's going to have the exact same. It's predictable. It's predictable. It's predictable. Doesn't matter if you're in America or in Africa. It's predictable. I perceive there's no partiality with God. God has no respect of persons. Y'all got it? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going here. Now, I want to give you, now I gave you this, this law here, a statement of fact deduced from observation to, to the effect that a particular natural or scientific phenomenon always occurs if certain conditions are present. 
Now, I want to give you a simplified uh, definition of law from our friend, uh, Dr. Bill Winston. A law is simply a principle based on a predictable consequence of an act. A law is simply a principle based on a predictable consequence of an act. Glory to God. Y'all got that? If you didn't get it yet, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get it. It's a principle based on a predictable consequence. Every action has a, has a, a consequence or a reaction. Right? Every choice has a consequence. So faith, being a law, has a predictable consequence of your action. When your faith has actions, there are going to be predictable consequences. Predictable. I need y'all to get this, ladies and gentlemen. This is so boring. But I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you master this, you, your life will become predictable. Now people say, I don't want to be predictable. I want my life to be predictable. I want to be, be, be able to predict I'm going to be able to pay my rent next month and pay my lights next month, pay my water next month, pay my cable, phone, and internet next month. I want to be able to predict I'm going to have food on my table next I want to be able to predict that. I want to be able to predict I'm going to be alive tomorrow. You can't say that. With a long life, it's going to satisfy me and show me his salvation. I want to be able to predict. I don't need the uncertainty of coming home and flipping the light switch and ain't nothing coming on. I don't need that uncertainty. Maybe some of y'all might like that risque, that, that kind of challenging, you know, it's just fun not knowing the light's going to work. That ain't fun to me. It ain't fun going to the grocery store and not, not being sure if your car going to work. That ain't fun. I like the assurance of run that car. It's going to work on anything. I ain't talking about no credit card. I'm talking about my debit card. It's going to just run it. Ain't no problem you running your credit card as long as you pay them. When that bill comes, pay the whole thing. That's as long as you pay the whole thing. So it's predictable. Now, so faith always has a reproducible and predictable consequence. That's why, remember in Mark 11, Jesus Christ was able to curse the fig tree and walk away. Some of y'all remember that story? Go to Mark 11. Go to Mark 11. Pastor, we know Mark 11. I know you know Mark 11. But it's hard to preach faith without going to Mark 11. Brother Kenneth Hagin made a living, or he, he spent a whole lifetime, whole ministry, preaching Mark 11 over and over again. Mark 11, verse 12. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Mark 11 and verse 12. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar off a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. Because that's what's supposed to happen. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Fig tree, whenever there's leaves, there's supposed to be fruit already. For it was not the season for figs. So he's thinking, okay, well, it's got, it's got leaves on it, though. So there should be some fruit on there. In response to it, King James said something like he answered the tree. He answered it. 
So the tree's saying something. The tree's talking to him. <laughs> so he said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now he said, we know he cursed the tree. He cursed it by saying, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. He cursed it by speaking the desired result. Right? How does faith come? How does faith go? By saying. So he released his faith by speaking the result, the end result. You know you're releasing your faith when you're speaking the end result. Not the current situation. I'm not praying for nothing. I'm not begging for anything. I'm speaking the end result. Be healed. I am healed. Glory to God. So he spoke the end result, the desired result. Now watch this. So then verse 15 through 18, we don't normally read this. I won't read that. But notice verse 15 through 19, he deals with fig trees. That's what he did in 15 through 19. Remember he went into the temple? He dealt with hypocrite fig trees. The, just read it in your own time. That's what he did. He went and dealt with those people exchanging money. They're doing the wrong thing. They, these are, these, are, these are, are human fig trees he's dealing with. No fruit. They got leaves. They got, they got a show of religion. But no fruit in them. And he starts throwing them out at the temple. And if you, if you know the story, when he threw them out, then, then all the lame and the blind and the halt and the maimed came in and he healed them all. When he got those hypocrite trees out of there, then he was able to manifest the fruit of life in the temple. All right. Verse 20. Verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Everybody say, from the, roots. from the roots. So notice where it's dried up from. The roots. Now where are the roots? They're in the unseen realm. In other words, when Jesus Christ released his faith the day before, he spoke the end, the end result and he, he went right to the root of the matter. And so, now watch, when he spoke that, that day before, when they look at this tree, remember, because they heard it, so what, when, they hear, when they hear it, what do they do? They look at that tree. <laughs> Same thing you would do. If you hear a pastor say, be healed, you're going to look right at when they get healed. <laughs> right? So they heard it, the Bible says so, and we know they looked at that tree. And the tree didn't, it didn't, the leaves didn't move, the, the limbs, nothing, nothing was changed whatsoever. No evidence in the seen realm. So what does Jesus do? He says, okay, guys, let's stand there and see what happens. No, what do you do? Come on, let's go. He, he moved and never looked back. They come back the next morning. And the disciples saw, it says, they saw the, the fig tree dry from the roots. And when Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look. Jesus didn't look. See, 
once he's spoken, he's done with it because he knows faith has a predictable and reproducible result. I'm going to show you it's reproducible. Watch this. He says, it says the fig tree which you curse has withered away. And we know withered away from the root. They couldn't see anything in the scene. Something happened in the unseen. When you release your faith properly, even though you can't see anything happening in the seen realm, in the, there's a spiritual reality where things are moving because you spoke. Things are happening beyond your natural sight. So don't be discouraged if there's been no movement in the natural. Things happen in the unseen, supernatural, spiritual realm first. In fact, nothing happens in the natural realm until something first happens in the spiritual realm. So many of God's people get frustrated and want to quit. Because they, man, Pastor, I spoke and I praised and I sang and I sold and I did all that stuff, and I don't see nothing happening yet. Well, there goes your faith. You better, you better curse those words, nothing happening yet. Because something did happen. When my wife and I were still almost $300,000 in debt, we were speaking, we're debt free, this debt is cursed, we curse this debt, it's gone. Now, nothing was moving, it seemed like in the natural. But we had no clue what was going on in the unseen realm. Yeah, we didn't know companies were shutting down. I'll come over here, I got one hallelujah, so I'm going to come over here. We didn't know God was shutting companies down. We didn't know it. All we looked at is our credit report still said, you owe so and so, so much. But when it came time to, all right, let's call him and see how he works them out. The number you have reached is no longer in service. Somebody going to get a. I don't know who it is, but somebody going to release your faith tonight. And God's going to start moving the unseen realm on your behalf and shaking things up and you're going to get some The number you have called has been disconnected or is no longer in service. <laughs> oh no, don't, 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 don't get wrong. I was diligent. We searched all online trying to track them down. We're going to find out who, who, where they are, whatever we do, all that kind of stuff, and turn out to come, they no longer exist. Don't, don't even exist anymore at all. It's the same thing as happened with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt and borrowed all the silver, all the gold, all the jewels, all the, all the clothing off the Egyptians. And then God told them when they got to the, to the Red Sea, the enemy you see today, you're going to see them no more again forever. God said, hey, children of Israel. They have been disconnected and no longer in service. Your debt has been wiped out. Your debt has been canceled. Your debt, oh God, hallelujah. 
spiritual reality that's more real than this natural seen reality that's got us all flustered. Don't tell me it can't happen. Company after company after. Then what happened, D? You know, we just thought, okay, now let's, we better pull our credit reports then. And start pulling our credit reports. And then, look, they, that's gone. And it's, it's gone. It's, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. We didn't know. But when it was all there, we were speaking. And we didn't know that they were withering from the roots. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Y'all trying to rush me out here. Watch this. So Mark, are we still in Mark 11, right? Oh, God. So they said, he said, Rabbi, look. What you want me to look for, son? The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus said, golly. Surprise, surprise. Jesus said, well, I'll be. It worked. I wasn't sure it was going to work this time. He didn't say that, did he? He didn't get shocked. He didn't get, he didn't get surprised. It was undeniable, but it was not unexpected. He fully expected that tree to dry up. Why? Because manifestation is a predictable result of faith. But it's also a reproducible result of faith. So he says to them, instead of golly, surprise, surprise, he says, have faith in God. Why? You want to produce this? You want to reproduce this? You can do this too, boys. Oh, God. Guys, don't be amazed. He said, you can do this too. All you got to do is have faith in God. Now, we've been taught here that it means have the God kind of faith. Have it. He said, here, have it. Now reproduce it. Other words, if you came over and, and, and you tasted one of my wife's carrot cakes. Shatarabasata. Anybody ever tasted my wife's carrot cake? Oh boy. Real carrot cake. You ain't no keto about that. Ain't no keto nothing. Carrots are good for you. So uh, it's just the cake part that you got to deal with. But if you tasted that, that carrot cake, you say, oh, Pastor Kim, that is so good. That's the best carrot cake I ever had. And she said, oh, really? Have the recipe. You're going to get excited. Because now you know I don't, I don't have to keep going through Pastor Kim to get this result. Once she told me the recipe, I can do it myself now. So now the disciples know, wait a minute. Oh, we can have faith in God too? We can do this too? Yeah, boys, you can do this too. For verily I say unto you, verse 23, surely I say, I'm, I'm going King James, but let's watch this. Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, 
Like I said to that tree. Faith is predictable and reproducible. He says, so whoever says to this mountain, be removed. Not mountain, hey, I'm climbing up the rough side. Lord, can you help me, Jesus? Can you make it? No, mountain, hey, be removed. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we're coming to you now and thank you that, God, you're the mover of all the mountains, oh God. All the mountains, there ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough to keep me from you, God. So, God, would you please remove this mountain? No! No, mountain! I'm talking to you! Notice he said, whoever says to this mountain. He gave you the authority to talk to a mountain like he had the authority to talk to a tree. And apparently trees have ears. And apparently mountains have ears. That don't make any sense, Pastor. Well, how, 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 the, how, the, how the mountain going to move? It's got to hear you. All of creation. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Listen to this. All of creation... Because you and I are lords of the creation, lowercase l-o-r-d-s, all creation responds to our voices. There have been science experiments done, you all have seen this before, many of you, where people have had uh, flowers, and, and they take uh, the flowers and they play rock and roll, hard rock and roll music to that flower, and then another flower in the experiment, they play soft operatic music. And both flowers get the same water, same sunlight, same nutrients, everything, but one is getting harsh words and one is getting soft words. And it's, it's been proven over and over because it's predictable. The one who gets the soft words flourishes. The one who gets the, the harsh words, turns, it turns dark and dies. Oh, man. Help me say this another way. Your words have creative power. Okay. Oh, help me say this, Lord. As I'm speaking to you now, you're hearing my voice. My voice is going into the microphone. The microphone is uh, connected. I have, a, I have a transmitter on my back. Right here, y'all can see this transmitter on my back. It's going to a receiver up there on, on the ledge. That receiver is connected to the sound system way back in the back. The sound system is connected to the speakers that are up here in the front. It's a long chain, but you, the instant I say something, you hear my voice. Right? Now, here's a question for all you science people. Are you actually hearing my voice? No. What are you hearing? You're hearing sound waves. You're hearing sound waves. My voice makes the air move. My, when I speak, I move the air. She got it. When I speak, the atmosphere is affected. And those waves 
you see these waves and you see sound, how it's, how it's demonstrated. How, when, it, when, when it hits your ear, then your ear, then uh, now it, it goes through your ear. You, you don't hear with your ear, you hear through your ear. You hear through your ear. Your brain actually is the thing that hears and now translates or, or, or recomposes those waves back into a sound just that quick. All of creation responds to the sound waves you release. That's right. That's right. Y'all, boy. I don't think they get it. I don't think they get it. All created things. The Bible says he has put all things under our feet. So everything in creation responds to our voices. In, in this podium, how many of y'all see this po the podium moving? Y'all see it moving? It's not moving, is it? Actually, it is moving. The molecules and atoms in this podium are moving at rapid speed. They're moving all, all the time. You just can't see it. But it's a reality that they are moving. How you and I speak affects the movement of everything. So how can it be any wonder that if I speak to a mountain that it would obey me? What? He said you got to yell. Okay, so I got to yell real loud. Mountain! No, it ain't about the volume. Your faith, it's the God kind of faith. God didn't scream when he, when he put the mountain there. Mountain be there! He didn't have to do that. He said mountain be. So you say mountain be removed. And he said you can do that. I can tell right now by your response, boy, this is like... Your little wheel still processing on your computer. You're like, the hourglass is right there on you. You're like. Now you got to catch this here because he told me by my faith, I can say to a mountain, be removed because of the sea. And if I don't doubt in my heart, but believe. See, here's where the faith is in. If I believe that those things which I say will be done, I will have, or he will have whatever he says. Therefore, verse, verse 24, therefore I say to you, I'm releasing my faith on you, Jesus says. He says, whatever things you ask, or King James says, whatever things you desire when you pray. Now, he just told us in verse 23 how to get rid of stuff. Verse 24, he tells us how to, how to bring stuff to you. Oh, man. I mean, isn't that what your life is all about right now, getting rid of stuff and bringing stuff in? If you want to change your life, you need to get rid of some stuff and bring some stuff in. Right? If you're going, if you're going to redo your wardrobe, you're going to get rid of some stuff and bring some stuff in. You can't keep jamming all that. Yeah, you, you want to get rid of stuff and bring stuff in. So our whole lives, if we don't like where it is right now, get rid of some stuff. Verse 23. And 24, you bring some stuff in. You speak to a mountain. Mountain is your vision blocker. Get it out of there. Boom. Boom. And then 24, whatever you desire, 
When you pray, believe you're receiving it, you'll have it. So I can call things away, I can call things to me. And a, and a mountain is a thing. A tumor is a thing. A, a money is a thing. A house is a thing. Car is a, is a thing. See, anything, if I wanted to come to me, I got to call. Now, that's a spiritual reality. Whoa. Can I have a few more minutes, please? So notice in verse 23, he will have. Verse 24, you will have. Will. He will have. You will have. He will have whatsoever he says. You will have. You will have them. Because manifestation, that's what having is, is manifestation is predictable and reproducible. Everybody have that? Manifestation is a predictable and reproducible result of faith. That means I can do it all the time, over and over and over again, and expect the same results over and over. In other words, my faith if I use my, do my faith properly, it won't work this time and not work the next time. And it doesn't matter the size of the problem. Doesn't matter the size of the mountain. Doesn't matter how grave the situation is. Faith is going to produce the same results over and over and over again. Predictable and reproducible. All right. Let me let me let me give you a little bit more. Y'all are probably stuffed to the gills right now because you're starting to go to sleep. So I want to at least introduce what we're going to go into as we continue this week here. Because the problem is, again, what the Lord was saying to me is that many of God's people are not knowledgeable or fully convinced of spiritual realities are not knowledgeable or fully convinced of spiritual realities. In other words, to, to most people in the body, many people in the body of Christ, if not most, what I can see is still more real. Has more um, clout, value to me than what's in the unseen. Because we're not yet knowledgeable enough or convinced of spiritual realities. In other words, uh, angels are a spiritual reality. But so are demons. Heaven is a spiritual reality. And so is hell. Sickness. Y'all didn't say nothing. <laughs> See? See, y'all tripped up because you said, well, sickness, no, that's not, I feel sick. You missed it. You missed it. See, that tells me that we're still allowing a sickness to speak louder to us than the word, than what's real. Come on, sir. 
and thus you get sick more often and you stay sick longer. Glory to God. So as a result, listen to this, this is, this is important. Because people don't know about or not convinced about spiritual realities, as a result, real spiritual laws are working against them rather than working for them. I say it again, as a result, real spiritual laws are working against them rather than for them. Because we're not knowledgeable of spiritual realities. We still, we're still conformed to the world. I don't drink no more. That ain't just only talking about being conformed to the world. Pastor, I don't cuss no more. I ain't talking about cussing. You think it's all just about cussing and drinking and smoking and stuff? Being conformed to the world is being conformed to this world's way of thinking. Walking as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. The reason the Gentiles' minds are futile is because all they think about, all they, all, the only thing that, that, that guides them is this natural, physical, material world. And they are unaware of spiritual realities. And the problem is, too many people in the body of Christ are still unaware of spiritual realities. So we, we, we think when something happens, well, it's just because it's that time of year and it's just that season. It just runs my family. No! 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 There's something spiritual. Uh... Put Hebrews 11 and verse 3 up on the screen, please. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Things that are seen are not made of things which are seen. That's what visible means. Things you see aren't, don't come from things you see. Oh, I wish you all hear me. Things that you experience don't come from things you see. Everything in the seen realm is made from things that are in the unseen realm. So there's a spiritual reality behind every natural reality that you're dealing with. Oh, my God. There's a spiritual reality behind every natural reality that you're dealing with. Oh, this is so, this is so important, ladies and gentlemen. See, the devil's got the world and the church even going on with it, playing with demons. You know, we got, you know, Lucifer television show. And now we got all kind of stuff, you know, on television and movies where we're just playing around like he's just a, oh, you know, he's a regular. No, ladies and gentlemen, he's an adversary, the devil. Going about like a roaring lion, singing who made a vow. 
And so because we're not convinced of spiritual realities, then we end up allowing spiritual laws end up working against us rather than for us. Because a law is a law is a law. Whether you know it or not, a law is a law is a law. So if you had a guy, let's pretend, let's just pretend, this is hypothetical. A guy who grew up on the moon gets in a rocket ship, comes to earth. And he's used to, when he jumps out the rocket ship, he just kind of bounces around and floats. But he lands on earth, he jumps out of his rocket ship, he's going to be shocked. Because he came crashing to the ground. Because whether he knew the law or not didn't change the fact the law was in effect. So just because you don't know about the law doesn't make it ineffective. So what happens because we don't know the laws, then these laws work against us rather than for us. Glory to God. Can I give you three laws real quick? Number one, law that's working against people when it should be working for us, the law of seed time and harvest. The law of seed time and harvest. Oh, Jesus. The law of seed time and harvest. Genesis 8.22. Genesis 8.22. See, while the earth remains... While the earth remains, does the earth remain? Yes. Okay, so while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Now, those are all, all related to seed time and harvest. Right. Y'all hear that? Yes. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat related to, still to seed time and harvest. Winter and summer. There are some things you sow in, you, you seed time in, in the winter. Harvest is in the summer and vice versa. Day and night. Right? Ecclesiastes, in the morning sow your seed. And in the evening do not withhold your hand. These are all seed time and harvest issues here. And he says they shall not see. So God set forth in Genesis 8, 22, a law. Now go to Galatians 6, verse 7. Galatians 6, verse 7. Y'all know this one. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever. Oh, now that's broad. For whatever is a law. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So it didn't say whatever good thing he sows. It said whatever he sows, he will also reap. So since it's a law of whatever sow, whatever reap, if you don't understand that law, if you're not persuaded of that law, then you'll be letting that law work against you rather than for you. So you'll go around sowing things that you don't want to reap because the law doesn't change. It's because you don't know it. So many of God's people are going around sowing bad seed. Treat folk ugly. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. Sow into the flesh, reaping corruption. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. 
Because it's whatever. Tell your neighbor it's a law. It works for anybody. It works all the time. Whether you know it or not. It's a law. It is no excuse, right? Because it's a law. Your life is the sum total of what you've been sowing. Whatever you sow, that you'll reap. You, I'm an entrepreneur, okay? I'm going to start my business, okay? I'm going to hire 10 people. Great. Now you are unfaithful in somebody else's business. Guess what you're going to read? I don't know why the people I can't get them to work hard for me. Because you won't work hard for somebody else. You were sowing. And now you're reaping. You're reaping. Chalk it up to the game. Come on, sir. It's a law. You can't circumvent the law of sowing and reaping. On the other hand, you can make the law of sowing and reaping work for you. That's right. That's right. You sow good things. You're going to reap good things. It's, it's a law. Let me give you another one. The law of confession. The law of confession. Proverbs 18, 20 and 20, uh, 21. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips. He shall be filled. Verse 21, death and life. Death and life. It would be great if it just said life, but it said death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So just because you don't know this doesn't mean it doesn't work. So when you just keep running off at the mouth, ooh, my stomach killing me. They get on my last nerve. See, the laws, they, a law has a predictable consequence. So what you're confessing out of your mouth, because life and death and life in the part of the tongue, is you're going to get what you've been speaking, whether you like it or not. Remember he said Mark 11, uh, 23, he shall have whatsoever, whatever he says, he will have whatever he says, you will have whatever you say, you will have whatever you say, I will have whatever I say. It's the law of confession. So you better be careful what you speak. You better set a watch over your mouth. Set a guard over your mouth. In many words, sin is not lacking. So stop talking so much. Be swift to hear, slow to speak. Only speak what God gives you to speak. Or only speak what his word says. That's what confession is. It's homologio. It's saying what his word says. You're sick? 
Don't say, I'm dying. When the doctor said, I'm dying, I don't care what the doctor said. It didn't say, you shall have what he says. It didn't say, you shall have what he says. It said, you shall have what you say. He's not the prophet of your life. You're the prophet of your own life. That the life is in the power of your tongue. You're going to eat his fruit. So what anybody else says about me or to me has no effect on me till I agree it, agree with it, and speak it myself. No, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. You ain't never going to have nothing. I ain't going to say that. Seems like every time I try, I can't never get ahead. Stop saying that then. Stop saying that. See, these are spiritual realities, ladies and gentlemen, that if we're not aware of them, we will be violating these spiritual laws and they're working against us, putting us in bondage and oppression all the time. Can I give you one more? The law of fear. The law of fear. There are others, but I just want to. The law, the law of fear. Well, if there's a law of faith. There must be a law of fear. Fear is going to have a predictable and reproducible result. Perfect love, Jesus, God, John said, cast out fear. Fear has torment. That's the result, every time. Every time. Fear torments anybody. It don't matter if you're big, bad, and bold, or you just a, a mighty mouse, you know. Fear, when you let, you let get in fear, that's what Jesus all, all the time, when he's about to do a miracle, he say, hey, fear not. Over and over again. Hey, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Before I can do this, hey, fear not. When Elijah was down there with that woman, that widow woman in Zarephath, and she was talking about, oh, I'm going I'm to go and get these little sticks and little, little water. I'm going to make a cake, eat it for me and my son. We're going to die. He said, fear not. Fear's got you saying that. Fear's going to kill you. Disciples out there on the, on the, on the boat, storm hits the, the sea, and they begin to say, hey, crowd, master, master, cares not, not that we perish? And he said, uh, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Their fear was going to kill them. Their fear was filling the boat up. Y'all not catching it. Their fear was filling the boat up. They weren't going to drown in the water. They were going to drown in fear. Y'all better catch this, boy. I'm, I'm, I don't know who this is for. You better catch what I'm telling you. 
not the, the devil's threat that's going to kill you. It's your fear that's going to kill you. Give me Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 2, 14. Hebrews 2, 14. Inasmuch then as the children have become partakers, as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same. Jesus, Jesus himself took on flesh and blood. That, that through death, he might destroy him who had... The power of death, that is the devil. So the devil had the power of, of death, but he was destroyed. He was destroyed. He was destroyed. He was destroyed. Verse 15. And release those who, watch this, through fear of death, were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. So the fear of death is what put the people in bondage. Fear of death, because fear is a law, just like faith is a law, fear now will pull death to you. Just a crazy about all the phobias people have. Glorified phobias, glorified fears. Phobia this and phobia that, arachnophobia, and oh, I just all oh, just kind of just scared of any and everything. And then they teach you, well, you know, a little healthy fear is good. No, fear has torment. Yeah, that's not God's word. That's what you say. See, because they don't understand spiritual realities. But you and I can learn spiritual realities and understand that fear, uh, I heard Brother Copeland say this, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. When you tolerate any, any, any amount of fear, any amount of, any amount of fear, any amount, any amount, tell your neighbor, any amount of fear. Scared of the dark. Why are you scared of the dark? Dark can't hurt you. Dark is just, there's no light. There's no, how can dark hurt you? Come on now, how, how can dark hurt you? Dark can't, dark can't even do anything. Dark is, this is just dark. Yeah, but in the dark, you don't know stuff moving. So, oh, because they'll only move in the dark. If somebody want to kill you, they only going to come kill you in the dark. What, what's happening? These thoughts. Fear has torment. That's why 
I think about, think about this all the time. They tortured Jesus, but they couldn't torment him. Because he wasn't scared. You can torture me, but you can't torment me. Torment is only there if I'm fearful. So, go to Job 3 and 25. We'll unhook from right here. Fear is a law. Everybody say spiritual reality. Most Christians are totally unaware, oblivious to spiritual realities that they think things are just happening. And if you think things are just happening, then then you you have no you in your mind you have no control over it. You call things just fate. There's no fate in the scripture. It got quiet over here. It got quiet right up here in this Baptist church right here. It got quiet. So that tells me where some of us are thinking. It's just my determined outcome. What? It's just my lot in life. It's the hand I've been dealt. When the Bible says life and death, or death and life is in the power of the tongue, that word power is the Hebrew word yod, which means hand. So power, life, death and life are in the hand of your tongue. So your life is, you, can't, you don't play with a hand you've been dealt. You play with a hand you speak. Now here's about a holler, New Deal. Oh, I like that. New deal, new deal. I like that, I like that, I like that. I'm about to use that. New deal. New deal. I might have came in here with a deck stacked against me, but I got a new deal. I shuffled that deck again. Praise the Lord. It's a new deal. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I'm concerned, Elder Baker. I really am. Because, because people, people are just letting things happen. And just going with the flow in this world, and the devil's just tearing folk in the body of Christ up. And, and they're just like, well, you know, what am I supposed to do about it? What am I supposed to do about it? You don't have to accept that. Nothing just happens. Everything happens because of an unseen reality. The things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And once you and I get this, then now we take control. We don't, the devils keep dictating our lives to us. God said, I set before you Life and death, blessing and cursing. 
He said, choose life that both you and your children may live. Choose. Say that, but you choose, you choose. It ain't up to the devil, and God said it ain't up to him either. Y'all missed that. He said it ain't up to me either. He said, I set before you to choose whichever one you want. I give, I give you a choice. You can choose life. You can choose death. Have it this way. Have it that. It's up to you. But to do that, you have to know about these spiritual realities, what's really happening in the unseen realm. And then you'll begin to function and take your authority in the unseen and not wait for something to just show up in the scene and mess you up in your life. Waiting for something just to mess you up and just happen in your life. No. So the law of seed time and harvest is working all the time. 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 Whatever you sow, that's what you'll reap. Whatever you sow, that's what you'll reap. Everything you say is a seed. Everything you, you hear is a seed. Everything you see is a seed. Everything you do is a seed. And whatever you sow, that you'll also reap. We want to know why some of our children are reaping bad behavior? Because we're letting them get seed. Oh, no, no, it's all right for them to watch Disney. I remember growing up, boy, we were coming up, boy, you watch Disney, boy. You watch, you know, stuff, this stuff that was on TV back in the day. We couldn't watch the Smurfs. We couldn't watch, you know, Smurfs. It's just a la, 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 la. No, don't watch that Smurf. They doing that magic stuff. We didn't watch no Disney, no Magic Kingdom stuff. We didn't watch none of that stuff. We ain't going to play them that music. I ain't get any help on it. We ain't playing that music in my house. But no, no, it's just, it's just music. It's just music. It's just music. It's just music. The devil is a lie. That music comes from a spiritual reality. There's one world and two kingdoms. Everything in this planet comes out of one of those worlds, out of one of those kingdoms. So if it didn't come out of God's kingdom, y'all ain't saying much. You got quiet. If it didn't come out of God's kingdom, it came out of Satan's kingdom, and he has his force behind it, with his purpose behind it, it's going to produce his results, which are predictable. Steal, kill, and destroy. So let's not be shocked when it happens. You too hard. Follow my faith. Y'all, they ain't say nothing. Follow my faith. Follow my convictions. You ain't got to do my actions, but you better follow my convictions. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You want kids who love and serve the Lord and rather serve God than do anything else on this planet? You don't have to. That's what, that's what I got. Four kids who love God and want to serve Him more than anything on this, on this planet. Off, saved, and sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. 
know, that's just yours. Mine got to experience the world. The devil is a lie. Because it's a law. These laws work for anybody, no matter how old or how young, how pretty they are. So the law of fear. Job uh, 3, 25. Well, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. The thing I greatly feared has come upon me. And what I dreaded has happened to me. Why? Because fear works just like faith. So what I fear came, what I dreaded happened. Verse 26, we don't often read that. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes. Why does trouble come? Fear. He said it. Because the law of fear was at work. He's supposed to be working the law of faith, but he's working the law of fear. And it's a law. So guess what? You're going to get the results of that fear because it's a spiritual reality. Whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, whether you want to do it or not, it's a spiritual reality. You cannot circumvent it. Give me these same two verses, please, 25 and 26, in the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. Wow. Welcome to Win a Faith Meeting. 25, 26 in the New Living. New Living Translation. Hopefully we have it. I think that we should have translation. The system just acts up on us sometimes. What I always feared. What I always feared. What I, that, that fear always been down there. What I always feared. When I was a kid, my mama told me, boy, you go play in the street, and you know something, go, something bad going to happen to you. I always feared that. Some, sometimes parents, we fill our children with fear that they don't even have. We give them a fear. They don't even have that fear. We start putting some bad thoughts in their mind, you know, fear in there. I receive. We, we, we feel them. He said, what I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded, I knew this was going to happen one day. I knew, God, no, no, I knew it was going to happen. So well, I just knew. Why'd you know that? That fear, that negative thought became a stronghold. That you never pulled down. And so that stronghold pulled, okay, gravity. We were talking about gravity earlier. Gravity, the, if the larger both objects are, the more mass both obje- objects are, the more they pull, pull toward each other. That, that's what's actually happened. They're pulling toward each other. So when you have fear and great dread, you're being pulled towards what you dread, and what you're dreading is being pulled towards you. You, you attract what you're afraid of. You ever seen anybody 
who, who grew up in a, in a, in a, in a house and, and said, oh, you know, either their dad or mom was, you know, is not wonderful. They said, I'm not going to turn out like my mama. I'm not going to turn out like, like, like my sorry daddy. And you look up, they are just like they sorry daddy. Verse 26, I have no peace, no quietness, I have no rest, only trouble comes. Why? That's what he was afraid of. Why? Because it's a spiritual reality. Before this week is out, I'm going to show you some, how to work some spiritual realities in your favor. See, but you got to be aware of these realities that are out there. So you don't let these other things work against you. But you start now letting things and causing things to work for you, for your good, on your behalf. And now you can take control and you can get a new deal in your life. Some of y'all remember there used to be a club called New Deal. You ain't go to no New Deal. You ain't want to be caught around New Deal, boy. People's getting shot every weekend, boy. You, you don't want to be around New Deal. This ain't that kind of New Deal there. This is God. See, because we're born, we're born into the curse, but we got a New Deal now. And so we're not going to let the devil run our lives with his, his spiritual realities. We're going to learn God's spiritual realities. And uh, we're going to start getting abundant, abundant, predictable, and reproducible results in our lives. That's what God wants to do. So he can show the whole world who's the real deal. He's the real deal, and you're the real deal. If you agree with that, stand on your feet and give God a praise tonight. Come on, give God a praise, give God a praise. Hallelujah. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. Give God a praise for the word of God tonight. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Glory to God. All right. We're going to be dismissed here. I'm going to send you home. I'm going to send you home. I'm going to wait just one minute. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right. Grab hands about it next to you. When I speak blessing over you, you know that's a spiritual reality. When I pray over you as a spiritual reality, something this, I'm not just using words. I could do other things with my words. I'm saying it because, you know, when I just told you to stand, what you figured I was about to do? I'm going to pray. And yet people walked out. They couldn't wait one more minute to let me speak a blessing. I let them leave. That's why I said I'm going to wait. Let them leave. It's not important to them enough to wait one, just one more minute. 
not, not understanding th these realities of when your man of God speaks a blessing over your life, there's an empowerment being released to you over you to prosper and bless your life. This is what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just saying this, this is what the Lord was saying to me. People don't understand these spiritual realities. But we're learning. We're growing. We're going to master them. Amen. Now, Father God, tonight I do thank you for these people who have gathered to hear and receive your word. I pray that God, that you, by the help of the Holy Ghost, help us to fully grasp and understand everything. You've said so much tonight, Lord. <laughs> help us to grab a hold of everything you've released and said in this place, places where we've been challenged, places where we heard things we already knew, places where, God, things didn't really settle well with us, but God, we, by faith, we understand. We receive by your spirit. And Father, I pray tonight that each person who's, who's heard the word, those here, those watching online, that what has been said ministers life, that we indeed become more aware of spiritual realities, things in the unseen realm, and we begin to move in the area of faith towards dominating life rather than life dominating us. That God, you have called us to dominion and power and might. And I pray now, as they stand, as I stretch my hands, that the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and has no sorrow with it would be upon them in full force. In full force. In the name of Jesus. That power, that empowerment, oh God, to get wealth. That you may establish your covenant. Let that power produce abundant manifestation in the lives of these your people. God, do things that are notable and undeniable in our lives that the world will know when they see us that you are the real God and we are your real people. We thank you. I declare that it is so. And as they receive it, God, let it be upon their lives heavy and strong, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, so be it. Amen. And amen. Receive that blessing tonight. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you on tomorrow night. Prayer begins 6.30 p.m. 